Well, I think for us, what's been very successful for years is it's even before you get to the events is you've got to have a clear strategy, you know, with clear goals on how you're going to deliver that. And what are those, you know, like how are you going to go out and tactically, what are the things you need to do? There's a lot that goes on before we even get to an event. You know, are we trying to grow our company? We're trying to expand. So when you start managing all this disparateness across the enterprise, it's what are we trying to do? Where are we trying to go? And it really goes back to lots of companies have different ways of doing strategies and goals. And then how do you build out the tactics to go do that? We've been very disciplined at that. Um, back to, you know, some of the things I learned. And, and, and frankly, when we've gotten undisciplined, we've actually seen our performance fall off. And so what that, what that allows you to do is get hundreds and thousands of people to actually know where are we going? What does success look like? How do I know I'm doing the right behaviors inside my job every day without having to be micromanaged? Because at the end of the day, you know, you've got amazing talent who can make decisions on their own, empower them. And that's, that's really what great companies do. Welcome. To the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. So I'm absolutely ecstatically excited to have a gentleman by the name of Chad Grenier, who is the Executive Vice President, North America Strategy for Mosaic North America. So he is responsible for employing, improving the employee productivity and agency profitability for a 1,500 person operation with 15,000 field staff operators. So good chance you may know some friends who work for Mosaic running experiential events across North America. Uh, Chad was referring to, you know, just coming into the Memorial Day long weekend in the United States, he expects like 50 major, major events that his teams um, and Mosaic's teams are going to be implementing. Uh, He is represents or his organization represents some of the biggest brands in the world, Coke, um, Budweiser, P&G, Mercedes, Samsung, you know, he, he mentioned a number of others. Uh, it really is pretty incredible what he's created uh, over his, his career since, uh, since leaving Student Works. I know you're going to love his, uh, his, this conversation. And again, thank you so much for tuning in to the Leaders of Tomorrow. And again, if you know anyone, please refer them to, the, to our podcast. Please refer them to our program. Please rate and review us. Um, and would love, if you had any feedback, you can reach me at cthompson at studentworks.com to keep making our podcast more and more amazing. Thanks so much. So just a a big thank you for for Chad Grenier for coming today and and joining us on our podcast. Uh, Chad's got such a crazy, uh, crazy life. He's, He's got himself in his car in front of a big building of a no, an enormous client. He can't say which. Um, and, uh, but he's making it all happen, uh, to, to, uh, to, to help share, um, for the leaders of tomorrow podcast. So again, just Chad, thanks so much for uh, coming on. Great to be here. This is my officially 
my first podcast. So I'm very excited. Maybe a little nervous, right. but I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Good. Well, well, nervousness is good. Nervousness is good. That's yeah. something our, our, our young leaders learn on their initial sales opportunities, right? A little nervousness. That's good. We're prepared. That's all it says, Chad. You're prepared. <laughs> yeah. The food of champions. Uh, so, yeah. So, so tell me what you were like before our program. Before our program, less disciplined, less focused, uh, very energetic, passionate, and driven, but but not focused and pointed uh, in clear directions. And uh, I don't think the best way to describe it uh, in, in a very simplistic way. Yeah. And uh, got, got along well with people, but didn't necessarily have to put that to real, you know, commercial or productive use. Um, and was just trying to figure that out. That's why I went to school. That's why I wanted to join the program. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, it's funny thinking back on 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 the, the, the few years ago, Chad, the few years ago that that was. I remember I remember, you know, an early, early version of Chad Grenier. And and again, one of the things <laughs> we always love to share, share with our young leaders is is we're always in the state or sorry, we want to be in the state of becoming right? Who you're becoming. Like you are completely, well, you are Chad Grenier and you are completely skills and habits. And the core of you is that same energetic, you know, loving, you know, charismatic guy, but it's who you became over the years, right? Sure. Well, you know, I was the first person to go to school in my family and I was fortunate enough to get into a great business school, Laurier. And then I remember sitting there in class hearing, I think it was, uh, I don't know, like nine, the the amount of graduates getting jobs was like in the 20s. Uh, yeah. You know, there was a recession that was going on and it scared the hell out of me. So, you know, probably the other thing is I was scared. I was like, how am I going to take care of myself? How am I going to take care of my debt? I just put myself through school and no joke. I think the next week, that's when I learned about uh, this program. And for me, I was like, I have, I have to take accountability and figure out how I'm going to take care of myself. Uh, and, and it was that fear. Um, uh, of of not being successful or not being able to to become that really fueled me um, and really to take the leap to try this to start. Awesome, awesome. So so what was your if you think back, what was your biggest you know biggest frustration as a te- teenager before you got started in your business? <laughs> a teenager, um, as a teenager, probably finding girls. <laughs> Um, you know, finding, find, finding and striking a balance between, you know, school, sports, jobs, and, uh, you know, really trying to get myself out of, uh, you know, I came from a family that didn't really have any money and, and really wanting to change, step, change that and tr- trying to get out of that. So I felt that financial pressure early as a, how do I change, how do I change this? And so as a teenager, while I was trying to do those teenager things, I still had this, how do I change my direction in my life? How do I not end up where I was before or how, you know, and, and nothing, no fault to my parents. Uh, they tried, but, you know, I, I needed, I needed to, to do something different that was going to change that course. Got it. Got it. And, and so what's, what's, uh, what do you still rely on from the program and the things you learned back in, uh, in university? And I know you stayed a, 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 a few years extra as well, just, just in the program. I, as a, know, as I, a I was here a lot of years. I was here a lot yeah. of years, two years as a manager. Two years as a district manager, and then uh, two or three years as a general manager. So, you know, I basically came up to the program, uh, 
you know, I think to answer the question, I think the context would be is, you know, one, as a manager and franchisee, and then two, as the coach that you taught us to be to the, to those managers. And, uh, you know, I think today I would use that ability to be disciplined, focusing on the biggest priorities and in, in critical use of your time. You know, how are you focusing on the things that are going to have the biggest impact? I, in reality, I rely on everything. You know, I would rely on, I learned how to sell. I learned how to do basic marketing here. I learned how to juggle lots of priorities. You know, how do you compartmentalize a fire while you're trying to sell a deal? I don't mean a literal fire, like, you know, maybe there's a problem on a job no. site. Um, and you're trying to close a deal with your next customer. And how do you compartmentalize that? So those levels of stress that you had to experience, we talked about earlier when we started off, um, just knowing how to juggle that. And that was really critical as a manager. And then as I became the the, the district manager, that coach, and you used, used to use that, at least then, the strategic coaching, the ability to coach people how to be effective and apply those same skill sets. Well, you know, frankly, I've been in a business that um, in the last 15 years, it's all been about developing young talent. So we really carried forward, carried forward a lot of those skill sets to this day. And, you know, for me, one of the things I'm most proud of, I've been at this company Mosaic now for 15 years, that I have helped identify and develop um, a significant proportion of our company's top talent. And when you look across our departments, uh, a lot of them came out of either my team or my, men- my mentorship. And, you know, again, those are all things I started early. But when you think about your peer sets in school, if I think, well, I'll think to my peer sets because I have an example. You know, my, when I ran my business for the first year and I was 19, I did marketing, sales, negotiating, customer service. You know, I learned how to run painting and production sites. And some of my friends went and just did sales or went and did marketing. They had great jobs, nothing against what they did. Uh, but I had that, that breadth of experience and especially managing people at an early stage, I think that had 100% set me apart as I moved forward in my career. Just had more skill sets at an earlier age. It's sort of like that Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hour rule. You, if you can get those opportunities that start you earlier, um, whether you are successful or have bumps in the road, getting going is critical. And I think this program really, really did that for me and I continue to use that. Yeah, and, and a big shout out to Malcolm Gladwell, another Canadian. Please read his books, Young Leaders. He's just so amazing and yes. so interested, so interesting. But um, yeah. and 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 also as well, like the world is so competitive for those best roles. And you know, Chad's sitting on just an amazing role. He's EVP of one of the largest experiential marketing companies, if not the largest experiential marketing company in the world. And and so it's really tough to get this role. It's really, and it's, you've got to outperform all sorts of amazing people. And again, create all sorts of value, which you're just describing some of that value um, to be able mm-hmm. to have that role. And so how can you do that by being really good early? And then you're, you're just identified as really good. And then you continue to, to step up in your career. So, um, so tell us about your career progress, uh, uh, Chad. Well, after, uh... After, uh, you know, I moved on from uh, Student Works, I was very much thinking about starting my own business, you know, uh, or do I try to go into more of a corporate direction was sort of where I was, where I was looking. And 
I, I was really thinking about how do I bring my passion for extreme sports, uh, extreme outdoor enthusiasm and, and business together. And so that was, I was like, well, maybe there's an opportunity for me to create something there. And what ended up happening was that um, actually through connections, uh, actually through, uh, through student works, um, and I, I found out that they were looking for somebody, uh, this company called Tri-Life Sports International, and they put on an event called the 24 Hours of Adrenaline. And I actually made that connection and ended up joining forces with them and for five years helped them expand in Canada and across the U.S. Uh, I did all their marketing, uh, public relations, uh, TV production. We moved on to e-commerce. Um, you know, basically, I was doing digital marketing in the late 90s uh, before it was even really called that, social media marketing. And uh, really, those five years there were immense. It was, again, tackling new ground, creating things that hadn't been done before, lots of problem solving, and developing new skill sets. And then after that, I went to uh, Mosaic, um, which, you know, at the time was, uh, had other services, but the marketing services, you know, the experiences and events, et cetera, was really just sort of getting going. And we then took that, um, and over that next 10 years, uh, or 15 years that have scaled that significantly across Canada and across the U.S., uh, North America. And so I'm really proud of, of being part of that because not only did I have to compete to, to get into that position, which this job actually helped <laughs> as well because the founder was a big fan of student, the Student Works franchise and had exposure to other people, knew the discipline and the work ethic it took to be successful at it. And he, and he just knew that if you had success at it, you had to have all these other characteristics. I didn't have to really explain it, which was nice. Right. Um, and then really from there, I, I, I remember, and I got to work with an amazing leader, Aiden Tracy. Um, and he literally said, okay, go, go build it. You know? And I was like, okay. And he's like, go build out the marketing platform on um, our, our retail clients. And I went and did that with our consumer package, good clients, uh, people like Procter & Gamble or Cadbury Adams, to name a few. And then, you know, I was like, wow, I think we can actually repackage this and for the retailers as well. And uh, we did that for Loblaw. And, uh, you know, frankly, in President's Choice, you know, how they mark, we actually helped those companies, not just market, but do marketing differently. So it was really interesting because the industry was, was going. So a lot of conceptual uh, marketing or, or selling concepts that maybe even our clients didn't fully get. So the ability to build trust you know, convince them that this was something they should do and why they should do it and, and to have trust in us to do it was very much about how we built that. And, you know, after building teams and building a portfolio in, in Canada and having really good success, uh, we looked at how do we take all this great talent and what do we, how do we do it? We were, all our great talent was going to our clients, which is really good because they become your clients and the cycle repeats, very good for business. Yeah, just yeah, just and just to pause there, Chad. That's something that that for our young leaders is a really important strategy that accounting firms work, and obviously marketing firms where it's like you're developing amazing young talent, and you may think, oh no, gee, my young talent just went to my customer. Oh wow, that's bad. No, it's great because oh, then those oh, people become head of marketing and <laughs> and later the the VP or or president, and then. They love Mosaic, which they should, but they, they get, wow, look at all we learned from that's Mosaic. This is what we want. Yeah, that's the model. That's the model. But that's the model. Chad, why don't I do this? I'm going to slow you down a little bit 
just because you're just covering so much amazing ground. And I want, I really, one of the things that we do here is, is, you know, for, for our young leaders, some are still in school, some are out of school. What, what are their choices? What are their choice points? So I love how you framed your first decision. Is there a way that I can connect what I love to do? You know, I know you love to mountain bike, you're, you know, you know, hard worker, you know, let the, you know, get fit and then market it and then management and leadership and sales. Okay, great. You know, what was that experience like? You know, um, you know, what, what did you learn in the, in the, in that role? Um, you know, uh, you know, why did you feel like maybe, and then what caused after five years to feel like, Hey, there was a next step. Okay. Well, if you think about what we did in, in student works was you owned a, a territory, a city, whatever it might be. So local marketing, really what, what you're teaching people is local marketing. Uh, what, what I've really done with the rest of my career is, is taking local marketing to a whole other level. And so when I went from that to sports marketing, really what we were doing was localized marketing, but just on a, on a bigger geographic space. You know, so we would get, we had basically events in different states and provinces, but I really did apply a lot of those local marketing approaches or had to learn new ones. So we didn't go knock on doors to generate leads as much, but, you know, I started to learn, wow, people are really starting to get on the internet and the forums. Uh, but I also did go and travel to every bike shop fitness center and put up a flyer that I yeah. designed. And so that, <laughs> so I think I've been to more fitness centers and bike stores in North America than anybody uh, that I know, <laughs> but, uh, but that local marketing. So really that was it just again, going to a trade show because I understood that that was a great place for me to generate leads for my painting business. Well, if I'm trying to generate, generate and attract 500 people to come and do an event. Well, how do I go do that? And, and really that's marketing. You just have to understand your consumer that you're going after. How do I connect with them? And then where do I go? And really when you get into the agency space, that's what you do every day for your client. They have to talk to a consumer. How do you go find them? But what I've done most of my career is applied that to local approaches. And why I left to go to a different job after five years, I think that was your question, right? Yes. Well, you know, I, we had some great success. Um, you know, there wasn't, at the time, the owner was actually considering, do I just step in and just run the business and then go do some traveling? But I met, at this time, the experiences and the agency side was building uh, and starting to gain some momentum. I knew some people in the industry and I met, I met Aiden Tracy. I heard the vision for Mosaic. Uh, and I actually told them first when I met them before I met Aiden that I wasn't interested in, in, in leaving. So they said, okay, but come meet Aiden. I met Aiden. Uh, I wrote my resignation within 24 hours. Ah. And I continued to work with the company for three and a half months. I did not have the job at Mosaic, but I knew I was going to go work for Aiden. I believed in a vision. Uh, I believed in him as a leader. I believed in, I already knew about the company and I knew what they stood for and the founders stood for. And I was like, that's where I'm going to go because I know it's going to make a difference in the industry and I want to be part of it. Well, and again, what I want to, what I want to point out to, again, our, our leaders is so often, again, really great people aren't looking for new jobs. Like, Hey, you're, you're crushing it. You're doing really well. Why, why do I need a, why do I need a new job? Like that, that's not a concern. I, I've got a great job, but go have the lunch. Anyhow, go meet the person. Yeah. Anyhow, because 
it, you know, we were talking before Chad suggested I go meet with someone and go connect with someone. I said, all I needed here was Chad thinks I should talk to someone. Enough said, because I respect Chad. Chad's a really smart guy. And, and I had a great meeting with, with this chap. And, and so, so that's something really to get. Again, we, we get connected. That's one of the things you do is you build a foundation of people you trust. And then someone says, go meet somebody. So if, if we look at Mosaic, how much has Mosaic grown since those early days that you joined them? Uh, well, we would have been, uh, when I started, we were less than 20 million. Uh, we, and then the division in the U S was even smaller. And today the company is, um, uh, well over $300 million in revenue. So 15 so I've times. Been very I've been very fortunate. Uh, and it's mostly been organic. There's been a few acquisitions in that. So for those of you who don't, you know, sometimes you build a company by just pure hustle. And sometimes you find that there's a, a company in your space that you could add to create some scale and take out some costs and be more efficient, or you can add a new capability. So we did acquire a few new capabilities um, along the way in a, in a space called shopper marketing, for example. But um, so yeah, we've grown substantially. Uh, I would argue we're probably one of the best organic growth stories uh, in the marketing space for, for the last decade. Uh, for sure. Yeah. So 15 times. And so again, if people want to go, how do I, you know, have an amazing career is be part of that type of growth. So it's, and, and like you said, it's, there's two things, Chad, there's number one, a great vision, a great strategy. And you point to Aiden about that. Right. And then, then there's a bunch of people who help, help again, implement, create that, add on to it. And then again, go do the work. How are we going to execute this? You know, Aiden had the vision for that company, but I had a shared vision, right? I actually just spent five years designing and delivering experiences, maybe in a sporting context. And I yeah. was watching what was going on. I was like, wow, this is, and it still is. You hear people still talk about experiences uh, today as the core of where we go forward. And it may not just be an event, it could be a lot of different things. But so having, knowing what you want to do, not necessarily the company you want to go to work for. So I knew early on that I wanted to spend my, career at the intersection of sales and marketing and where are the companies that were going to do breakthrough things in that area and when you know that you can start to draw a little circle around things and then you start going well, where are my passions where do i see the market going um and chris i know you you you're obviously if you're going to run a business as a student entrepreneur one of your goals is to be successful and make money you know i did make good money at student works uh and i actually was fortunate enough going to mosaic that i was a partner and i went through several fails and so while i have grown to an, an executive position i also have been fortunate enough to if i go back to my earlier point about creating step change for my life and my family i have now been through multiple sales of companies and have had the financial benefits of that and so you know i share that i don't talk a lot about that but you know you got to be able to take those risks. And I, you know, where I learned to take smart calculator risks did start here. Yeah. So, so again, for, for our young leaders is what, what that means is, is we get to sell shares, we get, you know, equity options, or we put money in business. And, and as a result, as part of those sales, we, we get to take money off the table and we get to take money off the table also at a lower tax rate. And we already right. are earning a salary. So that money comes in and it's like, bang, the mortgage gets paid off or bang, I get to put a bunch of investments away and again, secure our family success, secure our retirement, et cetera. Um, so totally that's, 
That's awesome. One of the things, actually, as I was speaking, as, as, as our conversation was going on, is more than likely our leaders totally know about Mosaic because all sorts of their friends have worked there, or maybe they've worked there, right? Like, so, so why don't you make sure that everyone's tuned into what are the types of experiential events that Mosaic runs? Well, uh, Mosaic now does several th- services, so we're very focused on how do you deliver experiences for brands. Uh, how do you actually uh, deliver retail marketing? Uh, so everything from the design of a package, branding to a marketing campaign that might drive you to a store. Now that may not resonate with some of this audience, but you know, for example, Starbucks was one of our largest clients. Not the cafe where you go get the cup, but the bag coffee. Um, we also then expanded our digital marketing services, and the reason why we added those together, they were a natural complement. Again, back to local marketing. How do you win in store, online, and in retail? So that's where we focus. And the reality is, even if you're just doing an event, how are you using social media to bring more people to your events or turning all those people at that event into a little media channel to amplify the brand experience? So, um, you know, we've done, uh, if you've ever seen uh, an Xbox game brought to life in Toronto, like a real life one, that would have been us who's done that. Uh, we do a lot of work for Samsung. We work for Anheuser-Busch, if you've ever been to, uh, depending on your age, uh, to uh, a night nightlife establishment and have gone through, you know, some type of experience or been brought to an influencer event. You know, those are the types of things that we run. And some of them don't feel like marketing. And that's actually, most of them don't feel like marketing. Some of them do. Um, you know, I, I worked in a little bit in the less sex, sexy category. So I, you know, everything from toilet paper to uh, band-aids to uh, uh, you name it. But uh, um, we're very fortunate. We have probably one of the best client rosters in North America. When people look at it, they're like, how did you get all those clients? It's, uh, it's amazing. So I don't know if that helps address that specifically, uh, Chris, but we literally we literally are producing hundreds and hundreds of experiences for consumers on behalf of brands every year. And so, you know, the big ones that have more budgets tend to be more noticeable, but you might even remember WestJet with some of the things that they've done with their employees at Christmas time. Well, they've taken that in-house now. We actually started that for them where people would, you know, say they want something in Toronto and land in Calgary and they would have their presence there. Those original ideas came out of Mosaic. So anyway, we've done some we've done some amazing work. We're very proud of that, and it continues today. There's probably right now this summer, this weekend, there's we probably got across North America, you know, probably I would say probably 50 large events going on from everywhere from Amazon to Walmart to uh, you know, obviously our our largest client is Anheuser Busch, you know, and obviously with the with the long weekend just kicking off, it's obviously a great time of the year to get back on the patio. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Depending so on that's, how old you are, depending on how old you are. Of course. <laughs> of, course of course. No, and and certainly, uh, certainly, most of our most of our operators and listeners over uh, on this side of the border in Canada are of age. So, so absolutely. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah, exactly. so to speaking a little bit from a United States perspective, the the age of majority is twenty one. So, so that's great too. Yeah, no, kids are going to university a lot a lot younger these days. So, uh, yes. yeah. Drink or yeah. No, nope, it's. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. Are you enjoying the episode so far? I'm sure you've heard the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I've always thought that saying was inaccurate. I believe more accurately, 
It's who you know who think highly of you and would be willing to refer you. I wanted to let you know I put together an amazing package for you. The four referability habits advantage. These habits are so powerful that when followed, they completely change the game for people and allow them to operate on a whole other level. If you're interested in getting your hands on the four referability habits advantage, just jump over to www.leaderspodcast.ca slash habits and download it for free. These habits will help you gain the respect of everyone you deal with so that you can land those important referrals in your life and business. Once again, just go to www.leaderspodcast.ca and download the four referability habits advantage. Now back to our leaders of tomorrow podcast. So if you, if you think about, um, like, I, I, you know, to me, when I, when I hear that, you know, Chad, like, you know, what's it, what's it take to, to be involved in running or sorry, leading, cause you're not, you're not managing, it's leading, you know, the disparate organization that you have and providing leadership. And, you know, what do you think the keys are and, and, and uh, to, to, to making all that work, like having that many events this weekend, like, wow. Yeah. Well, I think, I think for us, what's been very successful for years is it's even before you get to the events is you've got to have a clear strategy you know, with clear goals on how you're going to deliver that and what are those, you know, like how are you going to go out and tactically what are the things you need to do? There's a lot that goes on before we even get to an event. You know, are we trying to grow our company or trying to expand? So when you're managing all this disparateness across the enterprise, it's what are we trying to do, where are we trying to go? And it really goes back to lots of companies have different ways of doing strategies and goals. And then how do you build out the tactics to go do that? We've been very disciplined at that. Um, back to, you know, some of the things I learned. And, and, and frankly, when we've gotten undisciplined, we've actually seen our performance fall off. And so what that, what that allows you to do is get hundreds and thousands of people to actually know where are we going? What does success look like? How do I know I'm doing the right behaviors inside my job every day? without having to be micromanaged because at the end of the day, you know, you've got amazing talent who can make decisions on their own, empower them. And that's, that's really what great companies do. And so I think that that's really important. And we've got, we've done very well. We've had some leadership changes over the years. And I would say I've seen, you know, amazing vision and leadership and I've seen that, you know, that shift a bit. And when that, when those strategies and goals and measures and everything's linked together between what the company's trying to do and what the employees are trying to do, magic happens. It really is. It's that simple. Now, it's really hard to execute. That's what business is, right? Just like it's really tough to run your own student business, but it's worth it. And the payoff is there when you do it right. Yeah. And when, and like you said, when you've got the culture and the people and the vision collided, right? And they're like, all right. And I, and I totally, it's magic. It really is magical, you know, what you create. Chris, you know, I'd love to make a comment about, I know you're trying to talk about leadership, but there's, there's this moment that for me was very defining when I went to training and I remember, and I don't know if you still have it there. And I remember looking at a page that said, here's like the average life day in the life of a manager. And here's what a successful manager does. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, that was so, I was like, is it that simple just to to do this versus that? And what I did in that moment was I committed to the, I think it was the right side of the page at the time. Yeah. I'm going to be this person. 
And what I mean by that and why I just mentioned it, it, it was it was your company saying to be successful, here's the direction. We have a model, it's proven. Here's the direction we're giving you. And the reality is you, if you had to do 10 or 20 things, you could all do them. If you do them this way, you'll be successful. If you do them this way, you could be wildly successful. And that to me is a company setting clear goals, maybe in a different way in that instance. And, and I think that's the thing that I've always taken uh, with me is that if my team knows what to do uh, and then my job becomes, how do I make them successful? How do I take away those barriers so they can be the best that they can? And frankly, I believe train your people, invest in them so much that they could go anywhere, but because you're doing that for them, they won't want to leave because they love the investment you're making in them. It's nothing to do with a paycheck. No. And frankly, that's really important. But I wanted to draw that back to, to that, what you did, because it's that simple. It's hard to execute, but it's that simple. Yeah. No, Chad, Chad and, and success is not that hard. It's easy to do. It's easy not to do. You know, you're looking really fit, Chad. You're looking good. So it's easy not to go to the gym. It's easy to overeat. It's you're on the road a lot, I know. So it's easy to sort of get, you know, stuck having too many drinks, eat too many desserts, you know, not work out. And it's easy to, you know, it, you know, it's not that hard, you know, in the scheme of things, right? It's not something someone cannot do. And all sorts of people don't. And then there's an impact. And there's an impact in any area, your health, your business, your family, your, you know, so, so it, it really is. And then, like you said, I love that. I'm choosing the right side of the page. And, and so for, for successful people, That's they really want choice to make, right? The really yeah. easy choice, make that choice. And then when I don't have to choose anymore, now I can put all my energy into how do I make that happen? So right, yeah. you lose a lot of, you lose a lot of momentum uh, when people are, so this is, consider this a coaching if you're managing and or leading a team is when people are, don't know what to do, are indecisive, especially indecisive, all you are doing is they're spinning wheels. They're either spinning their mental wheel or they're spinning the productive wheel. What that means is you're not getting the most out of a person, right? And that may sound kind of binary, but that when you're running a company or a company of hundreds or thousands of people, you got to get the most out of your people. That's what successful companies do. When you can make it easier for them to just know what to do or easier to make a decision, then they can just focus on getting it done. And that's actually where I think it's really important. So make the choices easier and more clear. Uh, and, you know, frankly, every company is going through lots of change right now. And when you go through lots of change, I think that's actually one of the biggest counterpoints or challenges for employees is like, wow, you just moved my cheese. We didn't move my cheese once. You moved it 10 places. How do I do my job? And that, yeah. you know, that's, that's the hard part for companies. And I've, I'm, I've led a business transformation is how do you get that settled down real quick so they can get back to how do I deliver value for my customer? How do I deliver value to, you know, whoever your end, your end buyer is? Uh, but anyways. And we we have we have a number of tremendously successful alumni who are in your space, Chad. And the the tr the transformation, the change in marketing is you know you know again social media, Facebook, Instagram, all these things happening. How how we're reaching people? It's different. It's it's changing constantly, and that's so stressful an environment. And and you're right. All these. Um, uh, you know, methodologies, a way of calming people, way of uniting people are so powerful. I know, what do you do to train people? I know, uh, you know, how do you, again, get the best of your leaders in your organization? Well, we have a training program. So we do bring a lot of people out of school. 
um, in their earlier part of their career and in almost like a feeder system. So uh, we, we do really focus on training, I would say, our younger or entry-level management positions very much on some of those core fundamental skills that school doesn't teach, but that you would learn at student, uh, student works as well. So time management, communication skills, problem solving, you know, et cetera. Uh, those core life skills that, frankly, whether you're uh, starting in your career, you're CEO, you're never done. You're never done yeah. working no. on your time. You're never done working on your communication skills and your adaptability. You're never done with your problem solving because it really is about scale and scope. So we do that, and then that becomes the foundation of how we are, we work as a company. And then, you know, for, from there, it, it really just sort of builds. And so as the manager levels go up, we have a series of different um, initiatives that, you know, our learning and development program that could be everything from, you know, you know, Excel skills to cloud-based systems, to dealing with difficult situations, to how do you do effective pricing, to how do you, how do you deal with, you know, a trouble, a difficult client. And so we are very much, a, we very much over-invest compared to our, our competitive set in the industry and learning and development of our people. And that goes all the way up. And so Chris, you know, what, what you were just mentioning a little bit about that contact I, I mentioned you should talk to was somebody I just invested in with my team to add new skill sets um, that, you know, so as you get more senior, you may not have, you may have more tailored learning. So I have a lot of senior managers reporting to me. So we were doing more tailored learning for us again, around communication and expectation management, adapting, not just your communication style, but your leadership styles. Um, and on top of that, personal coaching uh, was a component of that. So really, I guess what we do is we invest more and train more often than most of our competitors. It would be the, the underlying tone. The what, it varies by level and it varies by, is it a core skill set? Is it a specialty skill set? And again, that's something as well that we do. Like the amount of training that we do is over the top in terms of what a normal student does. It. And no kidding, then Mosaic's results are off the charts. So are ours in terms of what, what you should do, be able to do, you know? So, so one, one question you are uh, again, a tremendous, tremendous leader, a tremendous entrepreneur. You've chosen to, uh, you know, go the corporate route, although you actually are also an owner, you know, you've had ownership stakes as you've gone, cause that's what you're selling. But why, you know, for our young leaders, why the choice? What, what's, what's excited you about, going that route versus, you know, putting the shingle up uh, that, that I'm sure you could be very successful, Chad Grenier marketing or whatever, you know, and yeah, I know no, you brand it better. It's a great question. Yeah, probably. But <laughs> you know <laughs> you what, Chad? Um, <laughs> I actually, it's really, I really started to say, okay, I love being an entrepreneur, but then I actually realized, I real I learned about what's it like to be an entrepreneur. And so, you know, there's lots of companies that you may not there. You may not be like the person. It might not be your business, but they are either have an entrepreneurial culture or they're growing or they're looking for people to run a business. And so, Mosaic, uh, even the other business, I've always been in a position where I've, it's almost like I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I may or may not be a part owner, uh, but we operate like we're like uh, our own business. And I think that's really, mm -hmm. really been why. And that's a little different from Mosaic today. So we've got big owners. It's a little different. And it, that's a cultural thing right. for us too to get, get used to. But back, you know, when I was, I moved to the U.S. five years ago, before I did that, 
if you actually looked, so there was three leaders that had three different business units. Um, and when you looked in, the, in Canada, the three biggest agencies were our three individual business units. Right. And we ran our business units like a business, like our own business. Now, we didn't all work completely differently, but you definitely had you know, some ways you'd work consistently. And then you'd have those ways that you work differently with your client. So how you might serve as a Procter & Gamble would be different or a Coke would be different than an Anheuser-Busch or Samsung. But um, so I think being an entrepreneur has really been exciting for me. And I've been able to have a success financially doing that as well. Uh, It does and is constantly in my mind. My wife just started her own business uh, two years ago. And I have to see it in my face all the time. (laughs) I'm like, well, you know, so I've been thinking about it more. Uh, But but that's where I've landed and why I've landed where I am. being an entrepreneur. And I know she's a rock star. Yeah. Today, today I'm definitely playing more of a corporate role, running operations across the North American entity. It's given me new challenges, uh, but I I think it's time for me to get back front, um, you know, building, growing clients. Because at the end of the day, for all those of you listening, when you can make something grow, that's where your biggest payday is. Always. Yes. Always. Yes. No, no, that's, that's so, that's so key. So looking back, we've been talking about lots of good things, lots of, you know, wins, wins, wins. We know life's not about wins. So what about mistakes? What about things that haven't gone well? And what did you learn from it? The last five years, uh, four, four years have been probably where I've had some of my more mistakes than I've ever had in my career. And I am more valuable because of it. And I realized we had such a good run. I had small mistakes, but, you know, I moved my family to the U.S. Um, you know, you could argue some parts of where I moved maybe not have been the right decision, but you just kind of go with it. Um, you know, I took on the vision that was struggling and, you know, tried to turn that around. It was you know, successful, but not as successful as I hoped to be. A lot of learning lessons from that and how I managed the leadership team. It was also one of the most senior teams I'd managed at that point. Definitely lots of things I would do differently now, but I know that now and I'm applying that now. And, uh, excuse me, you know, our business, um, actually I said some of this business transformation we've gone through, we've done this number of petitions and a bunch of things where they weren't done well or could have been done better. Or there was mistakes made and, um, some of them, nothing to do with me. Some of them I was involved in. But what I've spent the last few years is working through how do you, how do you then, what, what's the way to fix it? How do you do it right this time? And I have to tell you, that learning is far more valuable if we just did it and got it right. Because you mentioned it, Chris, everything is changing. Every company is changing how they work. And what I learned is nobody gets it right the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I kind of went into it with a false hope. But I would say... Um, and it, it's interesting, the things that where I made mistakes would, would have been in places where, you know, I wasn't as effective at communicating as I could have been, or I needed to really adjust my style of communicating. But because I wasn't communicating about things I had really, you know, a decade or two decades of experience in, I maybe didn't adjust my style enough to, well, how do I, how do I adjust that for business transformation? Or how do I adjust that for, you know, to a division that's maybe underperforming right now versus, you know, managing a division that's High, high, high performing division. So, so while I said that you are never done learning those things, all of my greatest learnings would come back to, you know, they usually fall into, you know, how I'm setting goals, managing myself, managing my team. How am I communicating? Am I adapting my style? 
am I effectively, you know, utilizing resources in the most effective way? So the thing I've spent the most of my career in is where I've had most success and I've also had failures. But I'll tell you, I think it's more common now, and you'll hear it in the Silicon Valley and all these startups, if you haven't failed, it's kind of like you're unproven. And having gone through that experience myself, I would say I am, I can speak to things now that, um, that you know, I think would be extremely valuable if I had to help my company or if another company was interested in, in my skill set, uh, because I could be able to, you know, and that's everything from, wow, our average size of our client is declining. Why is that? Our, our, our pitch rate is dropping off. Why is that? We've got new competitors that are, are changing the pricing. Oh, we didn't, we didn't see that coming. How do you adjust to that? Uh, so it's a variety of things. Uh, but, but anyway, right. I don't know if that helps, Chris. It's a bit general, but. No, no, I, I don't. I think, it's, I think it's, failures. Oh, there's, there's no question about that. One of the things I always love to share, um, you know, this is a great teaching for the leaders, leaders listening for, for the podcast and for the leaders who are involved in our program. One of the things I like to share is, is that when people come into the programs, they really are top performers or they wouldn't get involved in our, our student works program. And so, so it's like one of the things I like to share is don't worry, you're going to get knocked down a bunch. And that's great because where we learn, you're, you know, a young Chad Grenier at 19 was used to win it. He got great marks. He got lots of girls, maybe not all of them, but got lots of them. <laughs> he, he, he was a not good athlete. That, that, was a joke. that was a joke. He was a good athlete. He, 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 was, he was used to winning. And I was used to winning and man, I banged my head and it didn't go well. And I, and I fell down and that's what teaches you. Cause, cause you know, you sell, you sell, you sell, you win, you win, you win. Um, you don't learn so much from that. You learn from, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's student works. Like there's lots of, listen, if you go through the summer and don't get knocked on the head or fall down, I think that would be a miracle. Uh, but you know, what's so interesting. <laughs> if I reflect on my first summer, one of my greatest opportunities as I reflected back on it was my pricing. Um, it was an area where, you know, I could have been better, could have been a little bit more, you know, disciplined and I still made good money, but I could have made more today for a multi hundred million dollar company. One of our biggest opportunities is pricing. <laughs> so, right. you know, it, it, it does really transfer and, you know, that's understanding your cost and really getting under the hood about what is it and then what, you know, what can I charge? Uh, so anyway, it uh, you will bump your head, and I think that actually that is one of the greatest things about the program is you will get pressure tested more at an earlier age than pretty much any other job. I feel pretty confident saying that because I know a lot of the the type of work that uh, the young in in school and coming out of school would be be focused on. Um, and I would say, why not? You should pressure test yourself. You're young. Uh, you have an opportunity to you know fall down, uh, but again. You're, it's a proven program uh, that if you do what you know you need to do, and as long as you work at it, you'll have success. And really, it's, it's, it's yeah. that straightforward. And, and, the, and, the, and you're right. And the pressure test is is that wasn't the result I want. Great. How do I how do I redirect and just be resilient and keep going? Just because again, and that's what you're doing now. You know, there's things yep. that don't go well with Mosaic this week. How do we get to fix it? Right? Or this week? Every day. Or if you're going to every start day, your own company. Every if you're going to start yeah. your own company, think now there's all these new products. It's so, it's so much more, uh, there's so much more opportunity to start your own business. But if you, you know, if you read into like how people are approaching starting their own companies right now, you might have an idea, a service or a product, but you're going to get it out there, test, learn, iterate, test, learn, iterate. And what I think some of the stats are, what you think your business is going to be and what it ends up coming is generally 90% different. 
You, you will never, never what you think you're going to do will end up being what it is. And it's that, that iterative learning. And I think that's one thing that's really unique about businesses today. There's so many more entrepreneurs and, and businesses starting up. And, and as long as you're, you're flexible and, and adapting, uh, you'll figure it out. And uh, not every product will be successful, yeah. not every service will be successful, but you know, that's, that's just the way it goes. And so, so if someone wanted to do what you did or w- what key habits would they want to steal from you, Chad, what's the secret to your success? <laughs> uh, hard work. You got to outwork everybody. I think no matter what, um, I was willing to put in more hours than most people and still, still, still do. Uh, so I would say that you've got to be able to work, uh, outwork people. Jim Rohn, I think Jim Rohn, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how re- relevant he is with, uh, with, with this group that's listening, but Jim Rohn was for me, someone that I listened to a lot. And, uh, from, from a standpoint of, you know, self-learning, et cetera. And, uh, he used to say a lot, you know, everyone has 24 hours in a day. It's, and it's not really, uh, the ubiquitous term, but what you do with those 24 hours is what really will differentiate you the most. From there, you get into then how are you applying those 24 hours? How are you using your skills, your focus, and all these other elements to do that? So you got to be willing to outwork people. Um, you got to you got to obviously focus on, you know, where you, where you're going to spend your time and energy. You know, do you go work in an industry that's declining and you know needs to be turned around, or you want to work, work in an industry that's growing? You know, those you got to also place some bets there in terms of getting into the things that matter. So, for example, I I bet on some things that I was passionate about, but then I also bet on things that I thought were going to grow and were going to experience rapid growth. And I got, I bet right. And then as we went with our company, we made other bets in our industry that by the time people started talking about it, we were doing it and we actually could make money at it. Outwork. So I actually do remember the first time a campaign was taken by a consumer to Facebook. Um, and so, and then what we were prepared to do about that. And so I think making bets and you're never going to bet right all the time, but uh, that's really critical. Uh, so we're outwork, more, better discipline uh, and bet on the places that are going to grow. You know, it would be, if you could say anything, those would be the main ones. And then, you know, the other one is surround yourself with great people. I'm sorry. That's another one. Surround yourself with great people, people you're going to learn from, people who are going to coach and invest in you. Um, and I'll tell you that is that has actually been one of our key secrets to success over over decades. Is you got it. and I said we overinvest in our talent, we overinvest in learning and development. And I joined a team uh, which was amazing. And so you got to be part of a team that you really love. And you've been mentored really powerfully in your life, right? You, you know, again, just just like I have, I've had fantastic yep. leaders and mentors, and that's yep. just so important. Yep. You know, Chris is a mentor. I, you know, I call him from time to time. I either got a vent or I got to ask, a, am I being crazy here? Or <laughs> I've got three or four people that I, that I can reach out to. One of, one of my great mentors, mentors is, is no longer alive, but you know, I, I still have some of my, uh, literally we used to go for breakfast and he'd say, you're the only one that comes with notes. And he was actually the founder of Mosaic. He'd say, you're the only one that comes with notes or questions uh, written down on paper. And I said, well, that's just kind of who I am. And so after yeah. a few of those, we would go for breakfast and he'd say, give me your paper. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, I know you got your paper here somewhere. Give me your paper. And he would take my paper and he goes, now you eat. And he'd read my questions and he'd make notes. And so I still have these papers with his handwritten notes, everything from advice on business to dealing with clients to, and he's a wildly successful entrepreneur to fatherhood. And, uh, you know, I would say today, I, in the last few years, I had not been seeking mentorship enough. And I think as you get more senior, 
I don't think you need it less, uh, but I think often people don't go get it as much. And I would say uh, you need it all through your career. Yeah. Well, you know, as well, Chad, one of the things I really um, coach people in our business and I coach my district managers and, you know, sadly to say um, uh, there, there aren't that many who come prepared with and this situation happened and that's, can you help me with this? And there's, I, I have a question about this. And, and so, so it's like, they take the coaching, but they're actually actively involved in the coaching. They're actively chat. I got this issue. And, and so that's the next level of learning. That's the, you know, I've got a concern and, and really bringing it up. And, and I think sometimes people don't because they think, Oh, they, he probably thinks I should know how to figure that out or I should oh, figure okay. it out myself. And it's just, so, yeah, so young, not, young the, managers, not the best Young managers, probably the top mistake they make is they don't reach out for help and or they reach out for help when it's too late uh, or, or too last minute. And so, um, again, if you're in a, put yourself in an environment where you're there to grow, uh, people are there to support you, be successful, don't hesitate to ask. But what I would suggest, I think what you're going with, Chris, is that um, think a bit before you ask right? What's your situation? Yes. What are you dealing with? You know, do you have any ideas or solutions so that don't go to someone and give them your problem, yeah. you know, share your problem. And here's how I've been thinking about it. Here's an idea yeah. I have. What do you think about that idea? Um, and you know, that is much, much more powerful because you know what, it's a bit of an ego stroke. Uh, Chris, I don't know. Does it, when I call you and say, Hey, I need some advice. Is that, is that you're like, Hey man, Chad's call me. He needs some advice. Absolutely. I don't know. You're like, hey, yeah, I want to help. It's it's a it's a great thing. Yeah, for sure. I want to help. And the other thing, the other thing that I find as well, Chad, is a lot of times the coaching that ends up happening for me is I had this conversation, it went this way, and I'm wondering what to do with it. It didn't feel that good, or it felt like it was this. And what do you think? And you go, and then it's like, you know, I've had thousands and thousands and thousands of conversations. Okay, here's what I think happened. Do you think that's what happened? I never saw that. Right. It's like because, you know, you've got, you know, so many years coaching, it's like, oh, yeah, here's what it is. And I know for you, a lot of times it's, it's strategy, et cetera. But sometimes, again, it can just be coaching. But but like you said, no, it's no, not no, coming no. and dumping. The problem on the door. Most of the coaching I do today is still um, helping people interact with people, uh, helping yeah. solve a problem uh, that, you know, the, we deal with the natural business stuff in the natural course of doing business. But a lot of I would say a lot of coaching and mentorship today, it goes beyond that. It's really about their life skills, those core skills, dealing with people, uh, or maybe they're, they've got a difficult manager they've not dealt with before. And you know, the reality, your friends are good, right? Uh, but they're, they're, your friends are going to have some limitation in how they can support you in some of your work situations. So I'd say, you know, that's another consideration as we're talking about mentors. You really need to be thoughtful about, can this mentor help me? Because, you know, your buddy who you go have, uh, or your, your girlfriend who you go have a, a beer or a glass of wine with, uh, may not be the best person to advise you on how to deal with a difficult boss, right? And so, just as an example, but um, so I think that that's really, really important. And I think as a young person, especially if you're you've taken the initiative to run your own business, first of all, that's a very small percentage of people that do that, um, and people respect that. And I think people even want to help people more when they're doing more difficult things. So, but just don't wait too late. That's again, the cardinal, I've seen it in multiple businesses. You don't ask for help. You don't ask early enough or you wait to, to the last second. 
it, it's the number one cardinal rule is ask early, just do a little bit of homework before you ask. Yeah. And, and the final question is, is when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind, Chad? A leader of tomorrow, someone who is, uh, I would say if I had to define it as one thing that I look for, uh, is a why leader. So if you're familiar with Simon Sinek, and if you're not, I would encourage you to go read. So uh, I think one of his last, well, he keeps putting up books, but uh, Leaders Eat Last is one of his books. And then uh, I'm drawing a blank on his uh, his first book. It's uh, Start With Why. Start With Why. Sorry, there it is. Thank you, Chris. And it's, and it's such a powerful concept that I even now in how I lay out my st- strategy for my groups, and we flipped it. You know, why start? We start with the why versus the other things, and um, and so I I look for, you know, if I was going to go do something different, is and I got to work with a why leader. I mentioned Aiden Tracy a few times. He is a why leader, and uh, I miss that. I do miss that, and so I think that's a leader of tomorrow. Someone has a vision, um, someone who is you know has high uh, emotional intelligence, uh, someone who can. Uh, see complex, uh, see, uh, bring simplicity out of, com- uh, out of complexity and someone that really knows how to rally people. Um, and frankly, we're all going to be in a business where we're doing something. Most people will not create something that's a unicorn uh, in their lifetime in a, in a meaning that this doesn't exist. So how will you compete against your, the next company? The, the premise of the start with why is actually what is the, probably one of the single biggest differentiators and why and how companies uh, are perform better than another. So I, I guess that's the, the most simple concept I could link it back to and then refer a book that someone could read. And those two books would be fantastic and must read start with why, and then leaders eat last. Um, but, you know, Chris, I, I would go with, go to that. Well, I think, no, I think that's, that's awesome. Simon Sinek also has some really great videos online. You know, we're just oh, living yeah, in podcast. such a fantastic podcast, such a, such an amazing opportunity, you know, and, and again, uh, Chad also referred to Jim Rohn. That's R-O-H-N. Again, somebody I've read so many books and listened to so many recordings and heard him speak. You know, unfortunately he's passed away, but just an incredible, incredible leader and, and teaching so many distinctions of leadership. Um, so, so Chad, I just, you know, thank you so much. Just an incredible, incredible uh, conversation today. Um, you know, go close that business uh, or, or go, you know, uh, solve those I'm opportunities or needs to create, uh, you know, um, and, uh, and thanks again for making time uh, from your crazy schedule. Thanks for having me. It was great. Okay. Okay. Cheers, my friend. We'll talk soon. Hey, leaders. We've got a ton more interviews like this one coming up in the next few weeks. So if you're listening and you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to Leaders of Tomorrow. If you enjoy our content, please give us a share on your Facebook feed or better yet, tell your three most driven and entrepreneurial friends about this podcast so they can join us in discovering what set these powerful business leaders apart from the crowd at such a young age.